Card presents Back Issue Bloodpath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. This one's for the rejects. This one's for the third stringers. This one's for the not so great at playing with others. This is your New Mutants. This is New Mutants Dead Souls. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. Back in 2018, there was a planned movie that was supposed to come out starring the New Mutants. And one of their major selling points was, hey, we got Anya Taylor-Joy in this. And it's like, okay, good stuff. And that movie had problems and took a long time to come out because they needed to do reshoots. They needed to do other things. Then a pandemic happened. But all the way back in 2018, when it was supposed to come out, a new series, a six-issue miniseries, The New Mutants Dead Souls, hit the comic stands. Originally planned to coincide with the release of the movie. And uh, if you ask artist Adam Gorham, he was very happy that that did not coincide. And that this series got to stand on its own and not be associated with said movie. Which was just a bunch of white people when there were characters who were non-white that they changed to white for the screen also characters that had character development yes (laughs) yes exactly and so yeah so we got new mutants dead soul written by matthew rosenberg when this was coming out i remember getting excited i don't i like i'm not a huge new mutants fan but just seeing the stuff and there's like oh this is really interesting magic as the leader of a team that sounds cool and they got Wolf Spain on there, and they got Richter, and they got Strong Guy, and they got Boom Boom, which I've always felt bad for Boom Boom because she, she's always felt like the, let's do Jubilee, the white version. And yeah, so we got this this little team here, this little group, and they all kind of don't like each other for various reasons. Everybody doesn't really trust magic. Richter is a narcissist. Boom Boom just doesn't care. She'd rather drink and party and doesn't care about half the shit they're doing. And then there's a problem between Wolf Spain and Strong Guy because at one point in their history, Strong Guy was the king of hell. His soul had been stolen and he killed uh, Wolf Spain's, was it daughter or son? Yeah, yeah, it's son. Yeah, okay. So because he killed her son and uh, now he has his soul back because magic saved it for him and he believes, well, I don't know if he believes he deserves a second chance, but Magic definitely believes he deserves a second chance. Well, Spain, she's not too into that. And so you have a very, like, team in conflict. And instead of them just being a superhero team, they're actually, like, it's kind of like X-Men meets the X-Files in this. They're sent out to cover strange paranormal incidents. And it's later revealed that uh, they're... Their financier, uh, Sean, is it Sean? Yeah, it's Sean, who uh, of course was part of the original mutants as Karma, is the one sending them out on these missions. And there's a nefarious plot behind that as well. But yeah, overall though, it's just like dysfunctional family drama all around. This is a tough one for team chemistry. We've always got built-in problems for any X team that adds to the drama of the story. But uh, from jump, there's obviously going to be problems at work. Mm. Uh, this team probably would have functioned better in a panda bear type environment where everyone works from home and they don't have to be in close quarters with each other. Because yeah. even the people that get along, they don't listen to each other. Like They don't take orders well from each other. There's 
a few trust issues, like attempts are made and, and they have a few good clutch moments, but in general, definitely like a team building retreat type exercise, I think would have been a, a better jumping off point for them before they try to start going out and doing missions together. No, totally. And, uh, but I think because of that, we get some really fun, interesting stories. Like there are parts in the, in the book where certain things happen and then it's revealed later that they all happened within someone's mind. And I thought that was done really well because it feels so real. And then bam, you turn the next page. It's like, Oh, this villain was fucking with them. Okay. That's really well done. Well, some of them, the pilot still. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no matter well, what the, version of that. The pilot was dead to begin with. That's yeah. just the way it is. But, uh, but yeah, these moments are like, really well and layered out through the thing. Like, of course, there's a period where they go to Dr. Strange's place and Wolfsbane and Strong Guy end up walking through the house and end up walking into their own nightmares, which uh, was really well done and kind of worked towards resolution in it. But each of those times, the audience is kind of like thrown for a loop, you know? And I remember I talked to Matthew Rosenberg about this back in 2018 just as the series was coming out. And he said, long time and new X-Men fans are contacting me and saying, I like reading this book because it scares me because I don't know what's going to happen. Some of the older friends were saying it reminded me of old Claremont books where you weren't sure if your characters were ever safe. And that was the thing I was going for. He goes, I wanted to give kind of a uncertainty to the X-Men story because this was actually leading up to something. Of course, there was the big plan that ended up coming to fruition where Jonathan Hickman kind of redefined the X-Men universe. And in the two or three years leading up to that, well, the two years leading up to that, certain writers were tasked with kind of ending the chapter of the X-Men. So little series like this were building into bigger stories. So where this series is left off gets resolved in one of the last stories in Uncanny X-Men. And so Rosenberg got to pay off his own story here. So because of that, we're left with a very scary cliffhanger. And that's kind of why I picked this to kind of cap off Halloween month, because I wanted to do mainstream comics, but scary. And this has like a nightmare ending. Every hallway they go down, every door they open. Heck, even when homegirls just like raiding the fridge, I'm like, what's going to be there? And I love that. <laughs> yeah. To your point about sort of a soft lead into the Hickman era, we do have a lot of talk of uh, relocation of souls, like Airbnb for, you know, demons and souls, if you will. So the, just the tip of that, as long as you have someone's consciousness, you can move it around. Now I'm getting this great idea that they should do a book where magic runs limbo like an Airbnb. Like you need a place to say, come to limbo. <laughs> Just ignore the, the pitchforks and the fire. You'll get through it. You just need a, it's like just a couple of nights sleep. We offer, uh, we offer breakfast. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Want to, want to do some rapid aging? Well, we can see in a short trip to hell. Short to us, not to you. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you really want to grow that beard in? Okay. Yeah. Give me three minutes of my time. It'll be three years of your time, but there you go. <laughs> it's. It's a really fun book in that way. And the, the nightmare visiting aspect does help a lot with that character development because it helps us get to know 
one of the most important things to know about people, which is like what really scares them or what gets them really angry or what maybe will get them to feel. And you get to sort of accelerate that with all of the characters as they hit these little moments and seeing them overcome that. It's always great Mm. because then you're rooting with them, rooting for them. And then when they get together, then they have to fight something else. So it's sort of like their individual little journeys. And then in their Voltron moments, then you get a bigger, bad or a messier moment that they inevitably, they don't always do the greatest, but that's what helps this book be really interesting because every conflict kind of half ends, but then leads into the next one. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's like these adventures could easily be seen as episodic, but they do such a, like Rosenberg does a, such a great job of layering in the conflict between the characters that it never does feel episodic. It feels like, Oh, we're still carrying on the story. It's just the locations are completely changed sort of thing. Totally. And at the same time, there's a nice, the nice hinting and then growing larger by the end of it, the, uh, the B story, which originally just starts out as just a couple of pages at the end of every issue that is kind of almost the more important story in the end. It's like the main story is the story that's telling us about who these characters are. But the B story becomes so important by the last issue, it's revealed that that was kind of the point all along. And it brings in classic characters like Danny Moonstone, Warlock. New Mutants fans would be excited to see these characters. Maybe not excited to see what happens to them, but excited to see these characters. Yeah, Danny, tough hang. Like, it's always, it's just rough. We don't really get a lot of her in her natural regular self. form. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, uh, I'm not going to say Queen of the Fridges, but... Things happen to her a lot. She doesn't get mm. to happen to things a lot. Right, right. Uh, so yeah. I will say, what in happened the uncanny, to Danny? What happened to Danny? I will say in the uncanny X Men run that Rosenberg did after this, he gives her some payoffs for that. But yes, in this, it's very much like a, yeah, your shitty life is just gonna keep getting shitty. <laughs> so. Yeah, almost as tragic as those bangs on magic, but that's her look. Hey, I, she's been doing it for a while now, though, the bangs. So, Ooh, but, uh, but it yeah, it does help visually distinguish her from so many other comic book blondes. Like, I do like that they sort of make an attempt to consistently keep her, her form, her features, her body, like less kind of typical what we think of mainstream book comic book character. Right. But those bangs do really help. It's like, oh, that's silly and Rasputin. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Nobody else can pull off those bangs. She barely can, but she's somehow doing it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, the New Mutants over the years, like originally the New Mutants, they were different looking characters, but at the same time there was kind of a sameness to them. Like you remember when we covered the original graphic novel? By the end of that they all kind of had they got the uniforms and everything like that. Then in the 90s with X-Force, they were drastically different. Everybody had a really different look and kind of was like very in your face. This kind of rides the line of like the mid-level. And I think Adam Gorham did like a really good job of giving each of the characters enough distinction, but still kind of keeping them like coordinated in their look. Of course, the colors by uh, Michael Garland, of course, help with that. And Andrew Crossley does issue five. When I was talking to Adam about it, because Adam is a uh, local to us, He's, he lives in Mississauga, he said when he got the book, he was very excited to tell his daughter. 
He's like, I'm working with X-Men characters. And she's like, oh, who are you working with? And she's like, he's like, the main person I'm working with is magic. And so he spent some time teaching his daughter about magic and everything and showing her the character and everything. Like that. And that became her favorite character for a period. So not only did Adam draw like a really cool kind of scare, like it's got an uneasiness to his art. The artwork for this does kind of have that thriller, suspense, somewhat horrific vibe at points. But he also got to, you know, bond a bit with his daughter over the, the drawing of this book. Yeah, especially the kids in the woods. That's where it just goes straight into like classic horror vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the kids in the woods. And then you've got some classic fantasy in there as well with the frost giant. I thought the frost giant looked pretty awesome in the big splash page of it. And uh, the zombies at the beginning, like it, it runs the gamut. You get a lot of really cool, fantastical characters in this. I would almost recommend this to somebody who like has no idea about any X people stuff. Cause you really, this is just kind of a good horror story, but it's like multiple horror stories layered on top of each other. But I say that. And then I realize there's so much backstory that's implied that I probably just, even though I haven't read everything I've gotten through the years between reading other things, when characters talk about like why they have beef or why they don't have beef. So in some ways, this would be really good if you just like wanted to read an X book, but you preferred horror. And in other ways, this would be like absolutely terrible because you'd spend the whole time being like, what's well, going on? At Who the same time, I feel like patience on that because I feel like during, in the back end of the book, there's a lot of explanation of those things and like kind of given some exposition. But the first few issues, they don't really deal with that. They don't, ex they don't give exposition to explain that. And I feel like that's on purpose. I feel like it's done to make you feel uneasy. And like, I know when the first issue came out, there was a lot of people that were a lot of fans who were like, why the heck is Will Spain and strong guy on our team together because of the whole killing his, her son sort of thing. And Matthew Rosenberg was like, just look though, neither one of them talks to each other, the entire issue. So if you go back after you read issue two, if you go back and look at issue one, you can feel the uneasiness coming off the page between those two characters. And then and once it's established in issue two, a little bit with the hints and stuff like that, by issue three, there's more hints. And by issue four, we get the whole backstory. So there's a lot of people that sometimes when they look at comics, they think of how exposition and how information has been given in comics for years. But sometimes you have to approach it a comic like a movie because a movie is going to keep you in the dark for a little while to build suspense and before they give you the answers. And I feel like that's what they were doing here. Plus, you can't always choose who you have to work with. Yeah. I'm looking at every teacher that does like random or alphabetical pairings, thus sowing seeds of chaos. Sometimes that last a lifetime. Yeah. It's like you can't always choose who you have to go to work with every day. And in the X world, inevitably, you're going to end up having to be shoulder to shoulder with somebody you have beef with, somebody who's been possessed at some point and like maybe murdered like some loved ones, maybe somebody who designed some weapon that like would target mutants, like maybe somebody who did like a mini genocide because they have a super powerful imagination. You never know who you're going to get paired with at work. That's really the point. Yeah. Yeah. And also sometimes you're going to end up hating your boss. And that's kind of what's really uh, covered in this as well. Because at the beginning, it's very much like, although magic is very stoic, magic doesn't give up. It feels very much like, well, magic took this job because she trusts karma. 
And slowly by each issue, Magic is learning that she should have never trusted Karma. Because she's the one that figures out what's really going on here and what they're really doing. And Karma is basically the low-key villain of this story. And it's done very well to slowly feed that out. Because at the beginning, we think, okay, she's just very like corporate. She's got a secret, whatever. But by the end of it, you're like, oh, you are a fucking asshole, you know? I mean, a lot of people say red flag is any family-run business. And just because you think most of the other family members are dead doesn't mean they aren't still causing problems. There you go. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, also in this book, Boom Boom seems to be in a totally different book from everybody else. When they go on like a thing, they're going to go do something like, well, like, like the, the breaking into Dr. Strange's house or she sits on the couch and watches TV and hangs out with a cool dog. You know, she's having kind of a much more mundane experience. So when stuff kind of, when shit hits the fan near the end, I feel like she's the one who's the most taken off guard by it. Yeah. Well, didn't really go through as much emotional and mental trauma as the other folks. So very much that like, person in the swing or the understudy that's like you know what just tap i'm ready for whatever but like i'm not like super invested yeah yeah totally and it's it's also kind of funny how uh the use of shatterstar in this it's like so goes on richter was chosen for the team but he did not ask shatterstar his boyfriend and so he just kind of pops up every now and then i love the whole the whole um so shatterstar doesn't eat eh yeah that's right then why'd you let him pick where brunch is? And he's like, it's like he has certain vibes about like there's certain places he just can't handle. Like the the, the vibes have to be right, so I let him pick. It's like okay, hundred percent reminds me of my youth. And you know, there's always people who want a place for vibes, but they don't care about the food. But it's like, but I care about the food. Yeah, the food's important. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough. Also. Uh, shouts to Prodigy, who's just like that nerd who gets called to help other people with their homework. Yeah. And really is like, why, why am I hanging out with you guys? Like, nobody gets me. Yeah. Like, it's like, even I'm not even my a powers, mutant anymore. Still, yeah, exactly. Still yeah. smarter than all of you. You're all still very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gets put into the, there's a couple of points where it feels like, oh, wait a second. So the tech guy is on a field mission. Ooh, bad for him sort of thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like not thrilled, does not want to be involved in this mess. Yeah. Very yeah. uncomfortable the whole time. Definitely. But I feel like, like, as we talked about it, I feel like they really accomplished the, um, the feeling of unease and the scariness of this. I feel like it is a true horror title that just happens to have superheroes in it. It's not really a superhero title. And I think that's what its strength is. I think it's very cool in that way. It accomplishes the thing that the movie was trying to do, but never accomplished. It is a fun ride. It's just six issues. And be prepared that part of you is going to be like, oh, my God, at the end. And also be like, what the hell? Where's the next issue? And there's a reason for that, because he wanted to leave you with a big cliffhanger. But I still think even with that crazy cliffhanger, it's very exciting. Absolutely. And I, I love Magic in her more horned fit if you will. Yeah. So yeah. I do like that we get to see a lot of her just demoning out, if you will. Yeah. Horny magic. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she definitely has the, the, the scare look down. Yeah. The, the, for me though, it isn't the horns. It's the hooves. And I'm like, Ooh, hoof like, like one thing is like you get horns growing out of your head. Okay. But like your legs turn to hooves. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's gotta suck. <laughs> so 
But she's got hops, though. Her vertical's unmatched. I'm there you sure. go. There you go. Yeah. yeah, she could win at the next mutant basketball game. Totally. Oh, man. Well, I say, yeah, if you can get a hold of this trade, check it out. It's also available on Marvel Unlimited to read. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a great way to cap off your October, your spooky season. If you want something with superheroes and horror, it's definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. And you know what? The bangs work better with the horns because it's like not as much hair in the way. <laughs> I go. get it now. You know what? <laughs> I revoked my earlier comment. <laughs> oh, the bangs won her over. There we go. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. Petula, where can the good folks find you? At com on TikTok, Instagram, Hive, Spoutable, the other place at Obesakantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you. Of course, you can find everything I do over at geekardshow.com. Follow me at the other place at geekard. Follow me on Instagram at Andrew underscore of underscore geek underscore hard. Of course, you can follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath. We post the new episode every week there. Easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. It helps with the analytics. This has been the end of spooky month for us uh, in the month of November. Who knows what's coming? Probably something very cool. I will know by the next episode because I have to because we got to <laughs> talk about something. <laughs> this has been Back Issue Blood. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petunio. Have yourself a good... 